Hello everybody and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness. I'm your host Ant and you join me on location again here in the beautiful New Forest in the UK near my home. And this is the next instalment of my coronavirus musings. So um, what I want to talk about today is something that's only really um, come to light in the last uh, week or so. Um, I've heard a few other people talking about it um, in the alternative media and it's an issue until now that, as I said, had escaped my attention really. And that's to do with why has there been so little opposition, so little anger uh, in response to the coronavirus pandemic, as it's now called uh, in the alternative media. Um, the principally focus on in today's recording or episode is why there seems to be so much apathy and complete uh, lack of opposition to all the draconian measures introduced by governments, not only here in the UK, but across the world. I want to speak with reference to why is it that the younger people, um, out of all age groups, seem to be the least in opposition to what's taking place. Now, if we think, let's get some sort of historical context here. In a not uh, far too distant um, past, back in the 60s, it was um, student groups and youth groups at colleges and universities throughout much of the Western world who who were the principal uh, opposition to the Vietnam War. So we saw riots and opposition in campuses, in, in places like um, London, Paris, and in the United States, uh, which were brutally put down by the authorities um, in most instances. So, obviously, normally, it's revolutionary fervour or opposition does tend to does tend to come uh, emanate from you know from the youth and from the um, younger members of the population. Some might say because that's generally they are. Perhaps they're more naive about the world and they have um, more or more of an idealistic take, um, you know, in terms of uh, how the government uh, and how the world should operate. Um, so what I found interesting is that, um, as I say, here in the UK, um, groups perhaps that, you know, you might normally think would be in, opposi in opposition, so... Um, Student um, student union groups, um, the trade union congress. We haven't heard anything. We have heard nothing from these people in opposition to the lockdown. Um, and the interesting feel I think is that for a lot of younger people, um, certainly those that have been through um, the university education system or college, as it's called in America and Canada, of course. Certainly a lot of arts and social science students, what they're taught is, they, they're very much taught along the lines of um, sort of a cultural cultural Marxist kind of ideology, you know, where the state and government is seen as um, a very good thing. And I would argue they're brainwashed by lots of ideas around political correctness, diversity and multiculturalism. So that sort of... Um, I think it's uh, actually quite a natural impulse to rebel against government control and state control. just isn't really there in a lot of youngsters, really, in the younger generation, because I feel that um, it's almost been sort of programmed out of them. 
So in a situation, as I just said, where we've seen the most ridiculous infringements on people's basic movements. So if we think of what affects youngsters and students particularly, you know, we've got no bars open, no clubs, no restaurants, um, no music gatherings, uh, no theatres, no sports club. My, myself, I'm a member of a running group. I can't, um, I can't go along to that at the moment. You know, numerous other sports and hobby clubs that are closed. So many things that affect younger people. And you think that they would be, you know, in, in, uh, in opposition to this pandemic, this coronavirus nonsense. But it just doesn't seem to be there, which is really quite worrying if you think that it's, it's in all likelihood we're going to see further restrictions placed on our um, freedom of movement. So one aspect um, I want to look at... Um, just counter it or just adding to what I said about how their revolutionary zeal has really been suppressed because of a lot of left-wing kind of leftist ideologies um, that they're imprinted with at university irrespective of what kind of institution they go to I feel the other thing is as um, I've heard a few researchers say recent in recent days where is the masculine in all of this where is the masculine energy the masculine protective force it's completely, it's completely lacking again. And I feel that's primarily because of the way in which the masculine has been completely diminished and re-engineered over the last 20 years with the promotion of um, uh, things such as, you know, um, de-emasculating de men to the, this whole idea that's promoted by stupid journalists at the Guardian newspaper in London, this whole idea of toxic masculinity, the idea that, you know, the issues that men have are of no significance and it's all about, you know, dealing with women's issues. And and in, in a lot of ways, the way in which youngsters, uh, young men relate to women, they tend to relate in quite a feminine way. So they've been, the culture has really feminised men and the masculine. We knew, and we all know, um, that is part of a, an orchestrate, orchestrated plan uh, by the deep state or the cabal to to confuse um, what it man, means to be a man and what it means to be a woman, really, and to promote trans transsexuality, to promote homosexuality, not because um, uh, the cabal or the deep state or the shadow government have any care or concern for the rights of minority groups like transsexuals or homosexuals, but basically to just sow more division within society. So that's one of the reasons why I believe that the the divine uh, masculine, if you will, has not has not stood up, you know, as a protector, as a protective force to say, we're just not having this, you know, we're standing up against this. Another thing that I feel has happened that's diminished the strength or the power of the masculine force within culture or within society here in the Western world is um, this is much more of a sinister thing, but it's obviously the way in which um, a vegan veganism has been promoted, and um, a lot of um, there's a lot of kind of um, female hormones in foods now and in our water, and a lot of our food is wrapped in plastics which contain a hell of a lot of um, female hormones again, estrogen. And you can see the shape of a lot of young boys when they come into adulthood, when they become men. is much more of a feminine, less muscular, less masculine, I should say, shape. 
And I think part of that is to do with the toxins, as I said, in the food and no doubt in, in the water supply as well. The other thing is why a lot of men are quite feminised growing up is due to a lot of single mother households. They grow up in a predominantly female environment. So quite often there's lacking of a male a male role model. And then they go to educational inst institutions where men well, young men and boys are predominantly um, educated by women as well. So this this um, kind of stunts their development uh, of the masculine as well. So I think that's two factors, uh, two main factors as to why we're seeing um, just no real opposition from youth groups or even individuals. I mean, it is interesting if you think about it that we've all been really... Um, We've all been led like a herd into this internet era. And, you know, I, I myself, every day, I spend several hours on the internet. And, and obviously for youngsters who spend a lot of their time on Facebook and Instagram and other um, social media platforms, that's where, you know, they're spending, I would imagine, a lot of their lockdown time. Uh, rather than getting out and meeting one another, they are on social media all the time. Um, you know, rather than actually uh, opposing what is uh, happening, this um, effectively government state backed sponsored tyranny, absolute tyranny. And as I say, I, I haven't heard, I've heard virtually nothing in, in, in opposition to, to what's going on. And it doesn't make any sense because it's the younger, it's the younger generation who, if this does play out and, you know, the dark forces complete their plan and totally enslave humanity in the coming years, it's the youngsters who are going to suffer the most. And that's what I find ironic about the complete lack of opposition. And I'd, um, what I want to add to this is that um, this doesn't shock me, but again, it shows you how craven all the all the talking heads are in, in the mainstream media. We've, we, have you heard, uh, for listeners in UK, have you heard any comedians any um, social commentators, any artists, any theatre impresarios, any TV producers, any movie producers? Have you, held, have you heard anyone in the arts world come out and oppose what's happening? Not one. Not single one. I haven't heard any. All they're complaining about is the fact that, you know, the, the whole industry might collapse. Well, you know, if you think of the standard fare at a lot of these uh, theatres and um, and such like things like you know productions celebrating wokeness and progressiveness like the vagina monologues you know and feminist claptrap like that i can't say that i'll be really um too distressed or upset um if you know a lot of these theaters and uh, such like if they if they collapse as i can't say i'm completely shocked that there's no there's no cultural or, or artistic opposition to what's going on and, uh, you know, I just absolutely find it absolutely disgraceful, you know. Or even um, when I've heard any sort of comedians pillorying it on the, on the radio, on the internet, any mainstream, really they're just um, taking, the, taking the Michael, uh, taking the mickey out of the government's uh, complete, um, you know, their mishandling of the situation. They're not talking about the disgraceful infringement on our, our, our civil rights on our basic human rights 
uh, and our ability to gather in social groups and, and with other individuals, the fact that that's gone, and the fact, as I said before, that we're living in utter tyranny, um, they haven't picked up on that at all, which again just shows you how um, mainstream culture for, for many years now, for, I think for at least a generation, has just it's just completely moribund. It's completely dead. I mean, it always was supposed to be there as a, as a critique um, to mainstream culture. You know, that's what comedy always used to be about. And because of the prevalence of wokeness and, and political correctness, that, that really just doesn't happen. And I would imagine that moving, moving the discussion on now in terms of why we've seen such opposition from in the UK from leftist groups, as I said before, from the trades unions, uh, from the Labour Party. And the Labour Party uh, were actually saying the government should have put all of us UK citizens to lockdown earlier. What this is highlighting is that the left wing or leftists are actually, ironically enough, more fascistic and more driven uh, by wanting to control the population than the so-called right wing. So if we take this to its logical extension, analysing the so-called left wing and right wing, which we know are both puppets, you know, they're, they're both um, two, two, two puppets on, on the same vehicle, really. It's now demonstrated the, 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 laugh, the left's complete and utter cravenness to form no opposition or... Um, that they're just completely moribund and really the left now is dead as a, as a political movement the left just ceases to exist in my mind um, you know it has absolutely um, zero credibility and this is just an interesting very interesting insight to how the left um, are seeing the situation so in the UK we have something called the trades union congress now trades unions as you're probably aware um, are there to protect uh, individuals' rights, individuals' workers' rights. Um, so just for our non-UK listeners. Um, the Trade Union Congress is like the overall main organisation that represents all trades unions in the UK. And the leader of the Trades Unions Co Trade Unions Congress is a woman. And last week she came out and said this phrase, which I thought just demonstrates the sinisterness, the sinisterness with which these people view people, the general population. She came out and said, these were her exact words, the state is back. I'll repeat that, the state is back. I mean, that sounds like something you'd hear in, you know, Mao's China or, you know, Lenin or Stalin's Russia or Pol Pot. She's literally, you know, her lips are salivating. She's licking her lips at the prospect, you know, of more state control which we know, you know, as we're seeing right now, is, is the implementation of draconian, tyrannical laws. You know, and, and for, for people who are still seeing this uh, coronavirus pandemic through, the, through a political lens of left versus right, well, they really are. They, re they, re they really have lost, completely lost the plot, to be honest. So as I say, that just demonstrates a little a little taster of how the left, who you think the left supposedly are supposed to be about protecting people's rights, you know that that's what they always say they're about, and they've just they've just been this whole pandemic has exposed their true nature. The other thing 
um, in this particular episode of my coronavirus means I want to look about is look focus on I should say is um, just the lack of opposition within broader society which I have touched upon so um, the pubs here and bars have been closed since around about I think the 23rd of March so at least two months now here we are getting towards the end of May uh, on the day I do this recording now if you went back to the 70s or even the 80s when there were far more pubs. I mean, in the last 10, 15 years, loads of pubs, thousands of pubs across the UK and bars have closed. But back in the 70s and up until the 80s, really, they really were the mainstay of working class culture, you know. And also it would be where the older generations, they would escape the wife or the missus, you know, on the weekend to shoot the breeze with their mates at the bar and, you know, with the staff. Now, if you closed the, the pubs, in the 1970s and into the 80s, there literally would have been blood on the streets. And I'm not overstating that. There literally would have been, you know, there would have been riots for something like that. And you fast forward 30, 40 years later now, and, you know, not not a dicky bow, no, not, a, not a peep, I should say, nothing. No, no words of opposition. I mean, I think that perhaps like a lot of you guys, I get a warped sense of what's going on out there in the world because um, I spend a lot of time on Facebook. Uh, I'm not on Twitter. And uh, a lot of my friends are sharing similar things. So I'm in my own little echo chamber, you know, about the horrors of what's occurring. And also on my Discerning Consciousness um, Facebook group, I share more inspirational things, as I've done in uh, many of these coronavirus musings recordings about the spiritual dimension, because there is a deeply profound spiritual aspect uh, of what's going on. But yeah, I, I feel that I can get, perhaps as I say, like you guys, a distorted impression of what's going on. So, you know, this was brought back to me um, a few weeks ago when um, there was some organised protests here in the UK. And I went to an event organised in Southampton uh, here in the UK on the South Coast and literally there was no one else there. <laughs> there was literally no one else there and I know that there was a few hundred people um, you may well have seen our UK uh, listeners you may well have seen on Facebook that there was uh, about a few hundred people in Hyde Park and Piers Morgan not Piers Morgan Jeremy uh, Piers Corbyn I should say get it right uh, Jeremy Corbyn's brother who's very much against the whole lockdown and social distancing he was there he was one leading figure but that was about it but um, across the country, there were others organised and there was literally no one there. I, I saw that um, Gareth Ike, who is David Ike's um, son, and he promotes a lot of his stuff online. He put something up in Derby, which showed like a literally a few people, like a man and his dog. And that was it. And some some young, uh, sorry, some old lady holding a poster against what, what's going on. So, yeah, I mean, again, where where is the opposition? Where is the anger? I know that... Um, uh, getting out there and opposing and protesting can be um, doesn't necessarily lead to much positive change but at the very least if we can gather and say look I don't consent to this I do not consent to this new normal this new reality of intermittent uh, lockdowns easings and then lockdown again combined with this absolutely uh, police state Orwellian like social distancing I don't consent to it, you know, I just don't, you know, perhaps like a lot, a lot of you guys, I just do not consent to it. And, and again, just to reiterate, I am 
completely shocked um, at the lack of opposition um, within society at large. Um, you know, hopefully maybe that will change as the draconian measures um, become more intensified and ramped up in the coming weeks. So what I want to look about, look at next um, on the next recording, it's just a little bit of a, a lead-in really, a bit of a heads-up, is why there's, um, you know, why people are buying into the lie and the deception so much, because obviously that relates to why there's so little opposition. You know, we need to start with that premise. So in the next recording, um, that's what I'm going to focus on. So I'm going to wind things up here again uh, now. That's absolutely beautiful here in the forest. I have to say, since the lockdown here in the UK, in Hampshire, we've had the most amazing weather, probably helped by a complete lack of chemtrails, although I have noticed a few of a few uh, planes flying overhead uh, in, in the last week, but nothing to the level it was where the whole sky would be blanketed, you know, uh, in a hazy mush on the horizon. Anyway, thank you so much again for listening in. I hope you guys are, are doing okay wherever you're listening in the world. Um, again, just to point you to my social media uh, content, um, you can find Discerning Consciousness podcast on Facebook. Uh, there's a messaging facility there. So if you have any questions or you want to contact us here at the show, you can message us there. As I said in the episode, um, we've also got a Facebook group. Also, please do follow us on Podomatic. Hit the follow button and you'll get a, an email when we put out um, any content, uh, new content out there. And also, please do share as much as possible. It's good to get this um, the alternative uh, message and view about coronavirus out there. So share it uh, all on your own platforms. That would be amazing, guys. Thank you very much. And I'll just leave you with um, these wise words against, again, which are needed more than ever during these um, amazing transformative times. Remember, folks, if you're not in control of your consciousness, then someone else is. Bye for now. Bye for now.